Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Andersonville Chamber of Commerce hosts Andersonville at Home for the Holidays, a virtual variety show streaming online this Sunday, December 13th at 7 p.m. Tune in for the holiday tunes, warm feels, and shop, dine, celebrate, and self-care from the small business community that needs your support. The program premieres on both the Chamber's Facebook and YouTube with live commenting during the show. For more information, go to andersonville.org. We have the latest on Madigan Gate. The time utility bigwigs ComEd admitted to arranging jobs, contracts, and payoffs to the associates of our Democratic Illinois House Speaker, one Michael Joseph Madigan. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Speaker's re-election strategy is happening right before our very eyes. With 19 House Democrats, two state senators, one Illinois governor, and a partridge in a pear tree announcing... (laughs) that they will not be voting for Madigan in 2021 or that the speaker should resign, Mr. Madigan has a tough task at hand. And, you know, since all of this went down, we've been having a good time here on the Ben Jarofsky Show with a fictitious bus bit. Yeah. A fictitious bus filled with those aforementioned elected leaders waiting to also figuratively roll over Mike Madigan and move on from the long, 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 long time House Speaker. We've been having a great time on this bus, all right? We got State Rep Kelly Cassidy. She's been cracking us up with her political wit. Logan Square State Rep Will Gazzardi. He's even been kind enough to share his delicious French pressed coffee with all of us on the bus. <laughs> and, you know, Governor Pritzker bringing up random facts about Illinois every 10 minutes gets a little old. Illinois is a state with a grand history of profound impact on our nation and our world. See what I mean? <laughs> We've sent four transformative presidents to the White House. We were the first state to ratify two of the most important amendments to the U.S. Constitution. Okay, we get it. We get it. He loves Illinois. Oh, my God. Put a zip on it, please. <laughs> but other than that, we've been having a really good time. Now, Benchin, uh, Benchin. Now, Ben, I mentioned. <laughs> this, <laughs> That's easy for you to say. Uh, show's over. Uh, now, Ben, I mentioned this yesterday. I've been getting a little worried lately. Now, mm-hmm. with Madigan actively pushing back and staying the course on his reelection plans, and after the recent news of Madigan getting the reelection support of Illinois' Legislative Black Caucus, well, I feel like some of these elected leaders are starting to get a little paranoid and they could hop off this bus as quick as they jumped on. Ben, I guess, I don't know, I guess they thought the speaker would be so kind to just come out here and lay under the bus for all of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not going to be that easy, guys. Come on. And now I must admit the latest news from Capital Facts and Rich Miller does not ease my concerns here one bit. Citing concerns that their division over reelecting Michael Madigan as Illinois House Speaker is giving strength to their political opponents, six 
Illinois House Democrats are pleading with their 19 colleagues who have committed to not supporting Madigan to, quote, come together as a family and unite for a common purpose. In a letter marked confidential, and not that confidential, I'm about to read it, but and obtained by WBEZ on Thursday, the group laid out a lengthy case that the Democratic caucus should unite in order to advance their own substantial agenda. That includes addressing systemic racism, a massive state budget hole caused by a stalled economy due to the COVID-19 pandemic, and even ethics reforms. While the letter does not overtly call on any of the 19 lawmakers who oppose Madigan to flip back in favor of Madigan, the authors do appear to be challenging the 19, urging them to talk with the Democrats who remain aligned with Madigan to come up with a solution. Like I said, uh, the letter was signed by six Madigan-aligned state representatives. And believe it or not, Ben, if you look out the bus window there, you can see the six state reps. They're standing outside the parking lot. Let me let me open the door real quick here. Just make sure you get a better look at them. Yeah. See them? Yeah, there they yeah, are I right there. Yeah. Hold on. They're trying to use the porta potty. Hold on a second. Guys, that hasn't been cleaned in a while. Stay away from the porta potty. Yeah, that's every porta potty in America. All right. Um, so <laughs> let's get to know these six Democrats. The six are Michael Zalewski. He's of Riverside. We got Francis Hurley, John D'Amico, Nick Smith, Justin Slaughter, Mike Halpin. And, uh, oh, that's it. What do you got to say to these Democrats? Well, there's a lot to unpack here, uh, D. Let me just start uh, with maybe my favorite in a very quirky way part of the story. The fact that the letter is marked confidential. (laughs) And that is immediately uh, obtained by WBEZ. You know what I'm saying, Dave? Like, hmm. Like, it's like putting top secret on something. If you, just because you know that'll get everybody, uh, you know, to want to read it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, don't read this because there's a lot of sex in here. Oh, whoa. So confidential. Could you imagine, like, whoever would pass it on to the reporter? I got something here. It's more confidential. All right. Don't tell anybody I gave it to you. So I got a funny feeling that they wanted everybody to read the letter. It's just me saying it. I don't know. Maybe I'm cynical and jaded for years of experience. Also, have a funny feeling. They didn't write the letter. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite topics. As a guy who's been writing, trying to make a living out of writing all these years, it's not that easy to do. I read the letter. It wasn't bad. My guest, Steve Brown. Now Steve Brown's going to go, Ben, you give me credit for everything. There's like one writer that Madigan's got, Steve Brown, legendary Steve Brown. Big Cardinals fan, by the way, Steve Brown. I Hell try yeah, Steve! Woo. <laughs> I try not to hold that against him. Oh, Come on, man. Steve. Once this pandemic's over, maybe we can go to a game or something. That'd be cool. Steve loves the, Car- the Cardinals, ladies and gentlemen. Big Bob Gibson fan. <laughs> big. Anyway. Big Bob Gibson uh, fan. Big Bob Gibson fan. I, even I love Bob Gibson. Hang time, uh, hang time millennials. Yes, hang tight, millennials. That's old school, Bob Gibson. So, you know, so a little, and I really don't believe they wrote it, and I don't believe it was meant to be confidential, but I do believe it's part of a counter push by the Madigan forces. And D, you said something that I, I am going to have to um, just uh, take, just exception to just a little bit uh you said uh, madigan actively pushing back and yes he is pushing back he clearly wants to be um 
uh, speaker and leader of the Democratic Party. Just want to give that up. But he, the way he does it, allowing like these six or uh, the Black Legislative Caucus or Steve Brown, who writes his press release to do his speaking. I say this a time and time again, Michael Joseph Madigan, that doesn't cut it anymore. And I'll say it again. The Wizard of Oz routine isn't working. Come on out from behind the curtain. This old powerful wizard that it's this great mystery. Nobody really knows how he operates. We don't see him in operation. We just hear about it. People say, I got a call from the speaker. The speaker knows everything. That's not cutting it anymore. Two thirds of the state reviles the speaker. Now, I happen to be sympathetic to him because for the last four years, or I should say the four years of Ronner, he was the one who stood up to the anti-union maneuvers by the Republican Party. And by the way, whoever wrote this letter has clearly listened to the Ben Jarofsky show because they identify the Chicago Tribune's editorial board, D, as like this notorious force that wants to destroy uh, labor rights in the state of Illinois is absolutely true. That's what this is all about, folks. Kenny Griffin, the Tribune Editorial Board, Republicans in general are using Michael Madigan. They're weaponizing Michael Madigan to try to destroy labor rights in this state. They destroy the union. They strike. Uh, they turn Illinois into another Wisconsin and Michigan. And guess what? It's a red state. Boom. That's a fact. So I know a lot of you North Siders and North Shore types, you don't like unions. We've talked already about how uh, Lori Lightfoot has figured out that the fastest way to win over North Siders in Chicago is to beat up the teachers union. So she's fighting the teachers union. So you don't like unions. You don't like when people collectivize, find a common interest. Well, I got news for you. Do you like abortion rights? Do you like environmental regulations? Do you like good government? All these things are linked to the fact that when unions exist and Democrats get elected, these are the issues that get pushed. You don't have unions. There's no abortion rights. There's no environmental regulations. They'll rewrite the, oh my goodness. They're crucifying Madigan over Commonwealth Edison. Every Republican voted for that deal. So you can just give the utilities whatever they want in the state of Illinois. If you get rid of unions and you get rid of the Democrats and control the state. So that's what you want. That's what this is all about. And they got so people fired up about Madigan. They've spent all these years and all this money demonizing him. And it's been very successful. We saw that in the last campaign. So Democrats, they got to figure this out, D, and they don't know what to do. And they've done, they really don't know what to do. They live in fear of Madigan. They're worried about who's going to draw the maps. They've probably cut all these deals with Madigan where they've been assured by Madigan that when the legislative maps are redrawn next year, he'll take care of them and he'll draw maps, districts that are favorable to them. 
And so there's about, I think there's 54 maybe Democrats in the state house who say they're going to vote for Madigan. 19 uh, say they're not going to vote for him. He needs 60 votes to win. So that's what's happening right here. They're trying to put allies of Madigan are trying to put pressure on that 19 to get six of them to fold whatever number they need. I, I don't know if exact number of legislators who support Madigan uh, has uh, been produced, but let's say you need six to flip. And so that's what they're doing. So these six uh, Madigan supporters wrote this uh, letter which sounds like something that Steve Brown heard us talking about. And uh, it sounds like something Steve Brown wrote. And it makes a lot of good points. You want to end unions in the state of Illinois? You want Illinois to be like Wisconsin and Michigan? This is what the stakes are. But I, I say this. Michael Madigan has to either go or change his ways. If he doesn't change his ways, he keeps playing this this old Michael Madigan game that he loves where he just hides in the back room, doesn't defend himself. He's just going to get slammed uh, by the forces that so successfully manipulated him. Uh, the caricature of him in this last election that they defeated the fair tax and judge Kilbride. And you talk to any Democrat who lives outside of Cook County in Chicago. And I talk to a lot of them and they come on the show and they're very honest. Michael Madigan is the kiss of death in their districts. But the Democratic legislators in Illinois are afraid that they won't have seats that will be favorable to them with the redistricting so they stay loyal to Madigan. So that's a dilemma, D, that the Democrats face in regards to Michael Madigan. And this will be played out over the next... Oh, my God. We'll be talking about this for a month. This is going to be going down for the next month. But I have to say, I, I, I can't argue with a lot of the points that the big six made in that letter, which I'm sure Steve Brown wrote, because it's true. The people who are fighting Madigan want to turn uh, Illinois into Wisconsin. Scott Walker Wisconsin, and they want to turn Illinois into Michigan, the the Michigan that existed before Whitmer, the Michigan that exists like with the the state house leaders in Michigan, and I don't think that's healthy for the state of Illinois at all. So uh, I, they they raise a good point, but Dean Michael Madigan, if he doesn't change his ways, he's going to be hurting Democratic candidates and Democratic causes. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Oh, well, Ben, we're gonna we got the letter. We're gonna read that in moments, but I got the newsroom waving down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We got a quick update here. Hang tight. Let me run to the newsroom and see what the newsroom has for us here. A little unexpected. Hang tight. I'm gonna run to the newsroom. One second. Hey, come on. Give me the story. We're about to end the show. Thank you. All right, we have the scoop here. Ben, you asked Northsiders in Chicago, what do they like? Well, we have the response here. It says here, uh, we Northsiders, we like one thing, cinnamon rolls. Northsiders, Northsiders, Northsiders. What can I tell you? They love cinnamon rolls. They love Trader Joe's. They love Starbucks. And what else do they love, D? The Northsiders absolutely love. I guess that pretty much. What's that? The Cubs. 
<laughs> yeah, the Cubs. Well, you know, even some Northsiders are getting tired of rickets. I've noticed that, you know. All right, so we have the uh, letter here written by the six Democrats. Very long. We're not going to read it all, okay? We're going to no. just read, like, the last uh, maybe paragraph of it, okay? And uh, this is written by six Democrats, according to Ben, not by any of them, by some mystery person. Uh, but we do have a Democrat out of Rock Island. Before we get to this letter, uh, Mike Halpin is his name. Hey, Mike, can we uh, get a quick Rock Island update? Update Rock Island. All so right. we have Thursday night groove concert. Get cool. your groove on with the class of 82 yes. at Schriebert Park. Thursday night groove begins at 6 p.m. with the opening of food and beer sales. Featured will be Rock Island Parks and Recreation concession stand with the brats and hot dogs. Come out and enjoy the fun. Well, yeah, I will. Oh, well, let's get in that car. Damn, I love Rock Island. All right, here is a part of the letter written by the six Democrats uh, trying to talk to these 19 house reps who we got on the bus here and to jumping off the bus. Hey, everyone on the bus, cover your ears. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to the end of it here, and it says, this letter isn't meant to persuade you to question your decision. Rather, it is an invitation to come together as a family and show our opposition that we're better than they assume. That we, the House Democratic Caucus, can once again unite for a common purpose. That we are more concerned about the collective fate of our state than our individual elections. We very much hope you consider this is in the spirit in which it is intended. A desire to start a dialogue in the forum of an agreed-upon choice to achieve a path forward for us all. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, everyone on the bus, you can uncover your ears now. All right, Ben, what do you think? <laughs> well, first of all, having heard you read it, I'm more certain than ever that those guys didn't write it. So I just always want to make that point as a writer, okay? Give someone the credit. Remember what I always say about Peter Cunningham, the speech former speechwriter for uh, Richard Daly. If, if if Richard M. Daly said anything remotely intelligent, because Cunningham wrote the speech. So uh, yeah, I don't believe they wrote it. And um, this is an appeal. This is the appeal uh, that the Madigan forces are making to their colleagues. And the reality is this: there's nobody in the legislature right now on the Democratic side who has the votes to defeat Michael Madigan in the caucus. So <laughs> the Democratic caucus is going to meet. They're probably going to support Madigan uh, in the face of the opposition from the 19, and then they take it to the floor, at which point they'll have to decide, do they stick with the Democrats or do they just, what, go with the Republicans, not vote for anybody? And uh, we have no speaker. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out, D. But that um, I believe that's the appeal they're making. Uh, that the appeal is, is that the entire future of the Democratic Party, all the things that Democrats want, uh, including um, the right to choose, rests in the Democrats' ability to retain Michael Madigan as speaker. That's the argument they're going to make. And they're also going to appeal to Democratic loyalty. And if you want to hear more of it, Jamie Andrade gives sings this song pretty loud and clear. We're dropping that on Sunday, correct, D? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we drop a Jamie Andrade, state rep, and a Madigan ally uh, sings from this hymn book on Sunday. And I'll give Jamie credit. Nobody wrote what he said. He just said it, speaking from his heart. Uh, so he didn't need to write a script and call it confidential or read a script. 
call it confidential. So, but yeah, this is the plan. Uh, this is the theme they're uh, they're going to be reciting. If you want your democratic programs to be passed, you got to stick with Michael Madigan, and that's that's their message, and they're sticking with it. All right, and that is our week of shows on the Ben Jarofsky show. But Ben, before we wrap it up for the week, I mean, I just heard what you were saying there, and I know how you are here on this Madigan thing. So I guess I just got to ask you before the weekend starts. You on or off this bus, bud? Um. What was I yesterday? No one knows. I think I was. I think I did both. Yeah, I, I flip flopped in the middle of the show. So uh, I'm off the bus. I'm with Michael Joseph Madigan. Yeah. Wait, smash the bottle. <laughs> uh, I'm with MJM. There we go. <laughs> yeah, you convinced me, Steve Brown. I know you wrote that letter. I know Zalewski didn't write that letter, Steve Brown. All right. Well, tune in next week when our host, Ben Jarosky, will be back on the bus. Because <laughs> that's just how it's been going since all of this broke. Hold uh, on. What, what's I, 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 oh, I, I, yes. He's a flip-flopping weirdo, guys. <laughs> hey, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews so much more at the Chicago Reader website, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Yesterday, yesterday I said there's over 600 episodes of the Ben Jarofsky show. I'm a huge liar. There's over 800 episodes wow. of the Ben Jarofsky show. So many that the own producer can't even keep track. Uh, over 800 episodes. Go catch up on any shows you may have missed. And uh, while we're away, be sure to check out the Benny J bonus interviews, also available at the Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download podcasts. Like you said, we got Jamie Andrade and David Feller, a couple guys talking. Uh, we got David Ferris. That's going to be dropping tomorrow. And on Monday, the return of Tim Tutton. We meet the Tuttons. Tim and Katie Tutton. That's going to be on Monday talking about City So Real and so much more. And hey, if you listen on the download, check us out live sometime Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at the Chicago Reader website and the Chicago Reader YouTube channel.